The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with the top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here's your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome to the 96th ever show of All Around Sports. Reach Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, we broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this week and what's coming up for the weekend. To join the show, call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at www.iirsportsoneword.com. As always... I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, in a few minutes, we will be joined by our weekly call-in expert, Barry Rubenstein of the New York Post Sports Department. Well, my highlight of the week is, of course, March Madness, which once again did not disappoint on day one yesterday, and we're already underway with day two. The big one was late last night, and Harvard's mega upset of New Mexico in a gigantic bracket buster. The only thing that would have been bigger is if Gonzaga had uh, ended up losing to Southern. It would have been the first time ever a 16 seed beat a 1 seed, but did not happen. But what did happen was Harvard. And needless to say, I'm here in Boston, and Boston is buzzing today with Harvard's huge, huge upset I stayed up late, watched the whole game. I think anybody who was watching here on the East Coast, there's no way they were going to bed because it was uh, great theater, to say the least. Harvard really was uh, <clears throat> pretty much in charge the whole way, as much as, uh, as a 14 seed can be in charge of uh, holding a lead against a 3 seed. And, uh, you know, Harvard, you got to give them all the credit. Uh, obviously, their coach is Tommy Amaker of Duke fame. He was a guard back in the day for Mike Krzyzewski and Duke and played in the NCAAs against New Mexico's coach, Steve Alford, of course, of uh, Indiana Hoosier fame. So it was a great uh, great matchup of coaches, to say the least. Uh, and the Harvard story basically, uh, you know, has gone on for a couple of years now. They first got my attention when they beat Boston College at Boston College three, four years ago. And uh, back when BC was uh, much better than they have been recently, and that was a huge upset and really served notice, certainly up here in New England, that Harvard was a team to be reckoned with. And then, of course, Jeremy Lin went there. Uh, long before Lin Sanity started, Jeremy Lin was a starting point guard at, uh, at, B, at Harvard. And then at the beginning of this year, and last year, they went, uh, they had just a great season and I believe may have gone undefeated in the Ivy League, but were tremendous, got knocked out in the first round of the tournament, no surprise there. And last night was their first ever win in an NCAA tournament. And at the beginning of the year, before the year started, uh, this team really took a hit when their two of their very best players were suspended for the year for a cheating scandal. So for them to do what they did last night was absolutely remarkable. I'm kicking myself for not picking them in my bracket. Uh, you know, frankly, I went all in on New Mexico. 
And uh, so they busted my bracket big time. I mean, I just thought, you know, they were a team that might have the look. You know, they've been around for really a couple of decades as a, you know, basketball school. Steve Alford uh, has been building that program. And uh, obviously they did not in any way uh, rise to the level they needed to last night. Again, huge upset. And uh, that's it for the Lobos and Harvard's moving on. And again, uh, lots of excitement here in Boston, and we'll see what uh, what the Crimson can do going forward. Other highlights of day one were uh, the Marquette comeback over Davidson. Very, very compelling theater. Uh, the game winner was made by Vander Blue. Gotta love that name. He just took the ball right to the hoop and put in the game winner. On the flip side, Davidson uh, was in control and just gave it up at the end. I think it was about a seven-point lead with a minute or two to go. And uh, give all credit to Marquette for uh, for coming through. They really uh, really showed what they're made of. Gonzaga, I already mentioned them. Uh, you know, near tanking versus Southern, uh, but they did hold on at the end. Did what they needed to do. To, uh, to win that game. Another very compelling game was, uh, was St. Mary's, where uh, their compelling, compelling guard, Matthew Delavadova, missed a three-pointer uh, against Memphis uh, at the buzzer, would have won the game. They lost 54-52. to And I had seen this guy in the play-in game. I guess he played for Australia in the Olympics. And, again, great player to watch, uh, but he was crushed when the shot did not go through, had to be consoled by his teammates. Uh, the look was there, and I thought he was going to nail it, but he did not. This leads into my lowlight of the week, which I've already kind of touched on, which are disappointing teams, and start with New Mexico. Uh, they kept talking last night during the game about the pressure they were under, uh, given their tournament appearances and never got to the uh, Sweet 16. And they're obviously not getting there this year. So, again, uh, you know, huge, huge disappointment. Another big uh, low light of the week uh, of yesterday was Pitt. As you all know, I grew up near Pittsburgh. I'm a Pitt fan. Uh, and they just continue to underachieve in the tournament. Heard an interesting stat on ESPN just this morning that Pitt is 2-8 and eight as a single-digit seed. They were uh, an 8 or 9 seed, and they played, uh, you, you know, they played yesterday against, you know, just another 8 or 9 seed, and uh, Wichita State... So, no, it wasn't like it was a big upset, but what was was just uh, the bad game they played. They lost 73-55, to 55, never really in doubt. So, Pitt, again, just disappoints in the tournament. Uh, they've been around a few years ago. They had, like, you know, one of the top teams in the country. Could not advance uh, as deep as the experts thought they would. So, again, just another, another disappoint, disappointment for Pitt. And another team that is now showing signs of <clears throat> becoming like a pit or a New Mexico is Missouri. Uh, during commercials last night at the Harvard game, I was flipping over watching them against uh, Colorado State, who basically controlled that game and really, uh, you know, took care of it at the end big time. And so Missouri, who, again, last year they were really, uh, they, they, they were, you know, the victim of a huge upset. And uh, then last night went out in the first round. So, uh, again, they and their excellent guard, Phil Pressey, continue to disappoint in the tournament. Today, uh, some interesting games I'm currently have on the TV in the background here. Uh, Ole Miss, curious to see them, and specifically Marshall Henderson, their flamboyant guard, not off to the greatest start. I think he's... One for six so far from the field, but uh, 
Can't wait to watch this guy in person. Other games of interest are Indiana, you know, pretty much in my mind, the number one team of the regular season, generally speaking. And uh, just see how they, uh, if they're ready for the tournament. Florida, ups and downs, but Billy Donovan's their coach, so curious to see how they fare on day one. And then uh, Miami. I like Miami. I like them a lot. And I really like Shane Larkin and uh, Jim Laranega, their coach, and I got the feeling uh, they could they could uh, go deep. We shall see. My bizarre story of the week is the release of Brian Erlacher by the Bears. Just the other day, uh, the Bears made a take-it-or-leave-it offer of $2 million, which Erlacher uh, was happy to leave. Uh, he's been on uh, making some media rounds. He's not a happy camper. Uh, no surprise who would be, but, you know, reminded me when the Steelers released Franco Harris years ago. He ended up signing with the uh, Seahawks, uh, and nobody remembers they ever played for the Seahawks, but he did. But it just reinforces yet again that no player is sacred in the NFL. Of course, another big free agent move that just became official this morning is uh, Ed Reed signing with the Texans. So the Ravens, Super Bowl champion Baltimore Ravens, continue to lose uh, the heart, heart and souls of their team with Ray Lewis having retired and uh, Anquan Bolden moving on. And uh, so, yeah. Uh, interesting to see how the Ravens fare. And lastly, my event of the week that I worked on was the NFL Player Engagement Business of Music Boot Camp, which uh, I wrote an article on. It's uh, soon to be on the NFL Player Engagement website. And yet another great uh, boot camp offered by Player Engagement following on the heels of last week's Pro Hollywood Boot Camp out in Los Angeles. So, uh, the NFLPE continues to get it done. And now, as my former co-host, Lee Mont Williams from Outside the Huddle, likes to say, it's time to pay some bills, so let's take our break. And next up will be our weekly call-in expert, Barry Rubenstein of the New York Post Sports Department. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Football and so much more is the focus of Planet Gridiron with Damian Anderson. Join the former Arizona Cardinals running back for a show that mixes, well, a little bit of everything. Damian brings to the program life experiences playing football and will talk about his variety of successes both on and off the field. The goal is to provide you with a fun perspective on life, family, success, and of course, football. Tune in to Planet Gridiron with Damian Anderson, Fridays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Sports Channel. The job of a professional athlete is never complete. In Life After the Game, host Lamar Campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world. You'll understand the goals, motivations, and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career. Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Ready for in-your-face sports? Want to talk about the topics that nobody else is willing to talk about? Either because they're too scared to touch them or just don't think it's the way to go. You're not going to be shy here. Tune in to Here's the Deal with Mega and Steel, featuring Ike Mega Griffin and Sydney Steel Justice. We've got the facts to back up the talk and invite you to join us every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern, just before the weekend on the Voice America Sports Channel. We tell it like it is. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. 
That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports. And I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144. Or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when we typically have guests, and on the line is our weekly call-in expert, Barry Rubenstein of the New York Post Sports Department. And uh, Barry, thanks for joining us today, as always. Well, you're welcome, and thanks for having me. And thanks also for uh, for reminding everyone that Franco Harris finished his career with the Seahawks. I totally forgot about that myself. So, yeah, that was a little, uh, little trip down memory lane. I mean, right, we always, you know, we always think of, uh, about the, old, the great stars and some of which uh, never finished their careers on the teams that we recognize them with, right? I mean, you know, Joe Namath finished with the Rams, and Johnny United finished with the Chargers, and Joe Montana finished with the Chiefs, and, you know, it, it does happen. And like you said before, it's, uh, you know, no player's invincible, and uh, it, it, it's funny how uh, how these guys' careers uh, wind up sometimes. So uh, thank you for reminding us of that. <laughs> Well, I was living down in that area. I was actually covering the Steelers when that happened. I think it was around 82, 81. And, uh, you know, young cub reporter starting my newspaper career. And uh, it was just shocking, needless to say. I mean, uh, the city was in mourning. And it was really a cold, hard dose of reality as to the business side of the NFL back in the day. And... Uh, but boy, you you brought up some really good examples of others. I mean, this is not new, Ryan Urlacher. You know, uh, I mean, I, I just I don't think it was on anybody's radar screen. I mean, obviously he's had some injuries, including the end of last year. But Ryan Urlacher is the Bears. I mean, they're they're he he represents them. He he's the perfect Bear. You know, especially the way they're a defensive team. And wow, I mean, it just. It seemed to come out of nowhere, and when I heard it, it kind of stopped me dead in my tracks. Like, did I hear what I think I just heard? And sure enough, uh, and Erlocker hasn't been shy. He's been making the media rounds and uh, feeling very insulted by the Bears' offer, needless to say. Yeah, well, you know, that's, but, you know we've talked about this many times, too. I mean, that's kind of the kind of brave new world of the NFL now. I mean, it's very rare is it now going to be, but, but for a for a star player to finish his career with the same team, it just, it just isn't going to happen anymore. The way the way the salary cap is, the way free agency is, you know, these teams just can't afford to, to you know give these guys you know golden parachute payments and you know at the expense of you know, of the rest of the team. It's just, it's just it's just not the way it's done anymore. So you know I I think that we're going to see a lot more of this. It's going to become more and more common, and we're going to get to a, we're going to get to a time where it, it is shocking. I mean I think it still shocks us. To see things like this, see what's happening with uh, with Earl Acker and guys like that, and all the all the great stars. I mean, you know, Ed Reed changing teams. I mean, this guy is one of those preeminent defensive players and has been for years. It, it, but again, this is this is the way it is now, and, and this is what we're going to get used to. Seeing. And we're starting. I think we're starting to get used to it, but it still is weird when it. Yes, it really is weird. And again, you know, there's not many players. Yeah. Earl- Airlocker is one of on a very short list of players that you know. When you think of a team, you think of one guy, and and it's him. And you you know just everything: his personality, his look, his whole demeanor screams Chicago Bears, which is why it shocked me. I mean, again, you know, you and I have been around the block. You just touched on five or six great examples of icons who ended up uh, playing their playing out their career with. Teams and it usually doesn't go well, you know, at the end either for these guys. And uh, but you know, Ed Reed, I mean, became official this morning. He is now absolutely a Texan. And up here, there's a saying, as you well know, in Bill we trust, meaning Bill Belichick, and basically he can do just about anything without being questioned. Although the Wes Welker thing has probably been uh, more questioning of him than I can remember in the last decade, but. In Baltimore, you know, the same applies to Ozzie Newsom, their general manager, and Ozzie we trust. But, wow, that's being tested. I mean, people are just flying out of there. So, yeah, the Ravens are just, uh, you know, Paul Kruger is another one that I forgot to mention. I did earlier in the show mention, you know, 
Ray Lewis and Anquan Bolden, Paul Kruger, uh, the linebacker, uh, Ellerby, signing with the Dolphins. I mean, they're just... And I think you notice a little more when it's a Super Bowl team. You know, it's just getting more headlines, and, you know, they're, again, they're just uh, going to be a completely different-looking team. And obviously the heart and soul, you know, Ray Lewis is gone. He retired, so... It's going to be interesting to watch Baltimore and whether or not they can play their opening game in Baltimore. That's yet another top question these days. One of the interesting things that has come out uh, this week uh, was a topic of the NFL annual meeting out in Phoenix was uh, that the Baltimore Ravens, who share a parking lot with the Baltimore Orioles, uh, Ravens Stadium is right beside Camden Yards. I've been there, and it literally is right beside them. Um, Orioles have a game scheduled the night of the opener, the NFL opener, where for the last number of years they've uh, had the Super Bowl champion hosting uh, a big, big rival. And, uh, and, you know, that's when they raised the Super Bowl banner. It's a civic celebration. I've been to a few of them over here at. Uh, Gillette Stadium, and, and <laughs> it's great stuff, let me tell you. So I hope they can come to an agreement uh, that NFL doesn't want to move it back a day to the Wednesday because it's Rosh Hashanah. I think the dates we're talking about are like September 5th, you know, the Wednesday, Thursday after uh, Labor Day. But, you know, again, I would hate to see Baltimore get cheated out of what is just a great, great night. You don't know how many of these you're going to have in in life, <laughs> raising a Super Bowl banner. It's time to pay some bills, so let's take our break. Ready for in-your-face sports? Want to talk about the topics that nobody else is willing to talk about? Either because they're too scared to touch them or just don't think it's the way to go. You're not going to be shy here. Tune in to Here's the Deal with Mega and Steel, featuring Ike Mega Griffin and Sydney Steel Justice. We've got the facts to back up the talk and invite you to join us every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern, just before the weekend on the Voice America Sports Channel. We tell it like it is. Your internet flagship station for sports. Sports. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1 888 346 9144. That's 1 888 346 9144. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners. Welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports. And to join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144. Or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And on the line with us still is our weekly call-in expert, Barry Rubenstein of the New York Post Sports Department. And Barry, March Madness is upon us. And as I said at the top of the show, day one yesterday did not disappoint. It was terrific, as always. We're underway here with day two, a couple games going on. Uh, what, what are your thoughts about uh, day one? Well, there's always going to be upsets, right? And, you know, it's just yep. a matter of, you know, try, trying to figure out when they're going to be. Um, you know, certainly uh, I, I think the game that, uh, you know, that really got everybody's attention yesterday was, uh, was Harvard, uh, New Mexico. So, you know, you, you never quite know, uh, you know where they're going to come. You just, you just know they are going to come. Uh, and this is a matter of, uh, again, trying to figure out when, when they're going to be. You know, I think, uh, I think Marquette had a harder game than they figured they were going to get, uh, in the first round, uh, from Davidson. So, you know, they, they escaped. Um, you know, uh, a lot of the higher, higher seed teams did escape, but, you know, people are all, you know, we talk brackets and we talk about, uh, about the tournament, uh, you know, you just, you just, you just don't know where, 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 where the, the upsets are going to come. However, you know, when you, when you look at the stats, it's funny. You know, you, whenever you figure out what, what your bracket's going to be, um, you always wind up well. You know, you wind up picking chalk. But, you know, the chalk does win most of the time. You know, uh, 
teams are seeing first, second in the in their regions for a reason. Because they're they're good teams during the regular season. Because they're good in their conferences. Because they're you know they've been among the leaders uh, you know in the country all season. So you know, there's a reason why Indiana got a top seed. There's a reason why Gonzaga got a top seed or Louisville or Kansas. And you know really. When you look at the numbers, uh, I mean, it, 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 it's kind of crazy. I mean, a, a top seed, a number one seed, has never lost the first round of the NCAA tournament, right? I mean, and second seeds have, uh, have almost as good a record. Um, you know, sometimes you have the fives and twelves. I think this was the case yesterday. You had a couple twelves knocking off a couple of fives. And of course, you have uh, Harvard as a 14 knocking off a three. So, you know, it's just a matter of, of again, trying to figure out when those are going to be, and, that, and, that, and that's what makes it so much fun, really. And, you know, when when you have every game being so important, you know, you win, you move on, you, you lose, you go home, uh, that just that just makes it more exciting. Well, the very essence of sports, all sports, but particularly here, because you have so many games in such a short time, is, you know, elimination games. That's what it's all about. To me, there's the number one reason I watch sports is... For the games when, you know, the loser season ends. Just that simple. And, uh, and it just doesn't get any better than, uh, when you have that in, uh, you know, in the NCAAs. And yeah, I, I think that, uh, a, a 16 has never beaten a one seed. I was watching the Gonzaga, uh, Southern game yesterday and Southern was, was right there with them. Uh, I think it was tied with about a minute to go. And uh, I, really felt and looked like it was going to happen, but give credit to Gonzaga, you know, a lot of doubters out there, but, you know, when they absolutely positively had to come up big, uh, they weren't maintaining, they had to score to win, so to speak, because Southern was scoring, and, uh, you know, they did it, they just did it, and, uh, you know, a team like this, again, with all the doubters out there, they finished the season number one in the country, you know, they, to me, are the Boise State of basketball, you know, they've been around for a while, making some noise. They're kind of like Butler's kid brother. You know, Butler broke through, got to the Final Four two years in a row, and then uh, Gonzaga, who really has a longer history of excellence than Butler, hasn't really. I I don't know that they've even gotten to the Sweet 16, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, yesterday was their was the crucible, and they got through it, and now, now maybe they can start to play a little free and easy because they are talented with like John Stockton's kid, and uh, you know Kelly Olynyk, the guy with the hair and the headband. Yeah, they're an interesting, they're an intriguing team to say the least. Yeah, they are, and you know, they have been for quite some time. It's kind of interesting that you, you, you the, the, the little brother analogy. That I never really thought about it that way, but yeah, two kind of similar similar feels about, about those teams, right? But, you know, uh, it's, it's just it's just kind of crazy in the tournament. Uh, you know, when you, you know, a lot of people were, you know, you're, you're, you know again, you're, people are always talking about, you know, the which team is going to be the bracket buster, right? And a lot of people were, you know, Bucknell was actually getting a lot of love before the tournament as being a possible bracket buster, and, uh, you know, Butler went ahead and, and beat them. So, you know, I, I think everybody's always just kind of, you know, uh, Kind of touching what I said before, everybody's just kind of looking for where that upset team is going to be. Where is that Cinderella going to come from? Is there even going to be a Cinderella? You know, I'm, I'm not quite sure that we're going to see one this year. You know, I don't know that you can really call a team like St. Louis a Cinderella team because they're a battle-tested team. They're tough. I mean, they won the Atlantic 10, and, you know, they have that chip on their shoulder, you know, of playing uh, for the memory of, of the late Rick Majerus. So, you know, I don't really look at a team like that as being a Cinderella. I look at them as being a really, really tough out at a team that really nobody wants to play in this tournament. Um, you know, Cinderella's, you know, you know, maybe a team like a Harvard could be a Cinderella if they won another round or so. But, uh, you know, a team like St. Louis is also getting a lot of love before the tournament, uh, from, from the media, from fans, from people trying to, you know, figure out what their brackets are. You know, you mentioned Miami before. I, I like Miami a lot too. I think they're going to go very far. In fact, in my bracket, I have them going to the national championship and losing to Louisville in the finals. So, uh, as do that, I. That, yeah, that, that's half of my final four. Uh, Kansas and Gonzaga being the other two. You know, going with the chalk. But you know, there's better teams, and you know, you look at it, and they they, they shoot. I mean, top seeds 
get to the Final Four most of the time. So, you know, it's just a matter of in the combinations, you know, elsewhere in the tournament that are, that are going to you know, win those bracket pools for you. Yeah, well, you know, it's interesting. You mentioned uh, Bucknell, and, you know, I was debating between Bucknell and Harvard as a potential, you know, uh, first-round upset winners, and I obviously made the wrong choice. I went with Bucknell. I have covered the Patriot League. They're a Pennsylvania team. I grew up in Pennsylvania. I'm very familiar with the Bucknell story, and, uh, and you know, Lehigh went in last year. I think they were number 14 or 15 seed, obviously beat Duke in that just unforgettable game uh, that happened, you know, within an hour of the Norfolk State famous upset from last year on the same day. And uh, so, yeah, again, I, I made a bad decision. Miami, I, I, you know, I'm all in on them. I actually have them in the national championship game versus Duke. Uh, and that would be a great one. I, I mean, the game at Duke was great theater. The return of Brian Kelly uh, a couple weeks back, one of the best games of the year. And then, of course, Miami just beat Duke like there was no tomorrow down in Miami and uh, in the loss that Duke rarely suffers like that. And uh, so there's already a, a quick history there. Anyway, the chance of those two actually getting the national championship game based on, you know, uh, remains to be seen. But, uh, yeah, I, I think it's going to be, you know, compelling theater. I mean, some of the games, you know, I, I'm very curious to watch Indiana today. I, I just, you know. I've considered them the number one team all year. Cody Zeller, I've considered to be about the best player, the, the, the number one force, if you will, in college basketball. And, you know, one thing I remember, one thing, I reason I kind of like Indiana was, you know, when I was out at Indianapolis for the Super Bowl last year, I couldn't believe all the Indiana Hoosier jerseys. I mean, it was just utterly dominant, and I mean dominant, much more so, much more of a presence than even like Colts jerseys, even though it was an NFL Super Bowl week. So that really, you know, just told me how ingrained uh, the Hoosiers are in the culture of Indiana, which I knew, but, you know, when you see it, then, you're, then you understand it. And, boy, I really got an eyeful out there. And speaking of a culture of a state... I couldn't believe I watched the Robert Morris upset over Kentucky the other night, and that was just stunning. Robert Morris is in the same conference as my college, St. Francis of Pennsylvania. I've seen him play. I've been to their gym, which seats 3,000 people, and it was surreal to watch that the other night uh, in the opening round of the NIT. Yeah, and the funny thing about that was, you know, Kentucky obviously the top seed uh, in that in that bracket in that tournament. That was really home game for Kentucky, but I think what had happened was, you know, Kentucky just figures, well, you know, uh, I, I think, uh, you know, the referee was not available because it was, uh, you know, I believe, one of the sites for the, uh, for the NCAA tournament, so they couldn't play at home, and, uh, you know, they have to play on the road in a bandbox gym, and, you know, I, I guess it just wasn't in the cards for Kentucky this year, right? I mean, you know, it was just, from defending national champions to just really having a very subpar regular season and closing the NIT and you know, listen, you know, that it, 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 I'm sure I'm sure their hearts weren't in it, you know, no matter no matter no matter what it is, you know, a, a, a team who's defending NCAA championship is just not just not gonna be jacked up for the NIT. It's just not gonna happen. But uh, you know, the good news apparently for uh, Kentucky and for John Calipari is that uh, you know they've already landed a, a terrific recruiting class for next year. So, you know, uh, I think their plan is well didn't happen this year, but I think they'll be able to, to kind of get back into contention uh, next year for a national title. What the, you know, what they're used to be, you know, what they're used to doing. Um, so yeah, just it's not not a not a, a proud chapter uh, in the history of Kentucky basketball, but uh, it's over now, and then they'll just kind of turn the page and look forward to next year. Yeah, well, it was uh, you know, I mean, Kentucky lost their best player, Nerlens Noel. Major force in the middle, uh, so that needs to be said. But that said, then the, the team just basically caved after that. Uh, and, you know, it, it was the flip side of one and done. I mean, we've now seen the total contrast, the, 
both ends of the spectrum of one and done. I mean, last year they won the national championship, and I got, was reminded of that just uh, the other night when Anthony Davis tipped in the winning shot at the buzzer to beat the Celtics. So, uh, you know, and then this year, obviously, they go out, uh, they don't get into the tournament. They are, the, you know, go to the NIT, clearly disappointed, uh, and then get beat in front of, you know, 3,000 people. I mean, they get 3,000 people, you know, at practice, and that's an understatement. They, they, you know, their, their midnight madness is obviously sells out the house of 20,000 or more at Rupp Arena. So, uh, and, then, and then to add insult to injury, while all this is going on up in Pittsburgh, uh, Moon Township, John Calipari's hometown, uh, you know, Louisville is literally in Rupp Arena preparing for the NCAA tournament first round game as the overall number one seed. I mean, we're talking a seriously tough week for John Calipari and Kentucky, to put it mildly. Yeah, and, you know, I think the other thing to note about this tournament, too, is that, you know, you have, you know, look at these number one seeds. I mean, all of them have been number one at some time this year. I think this is, you know, and, and you know, this is not really news, but certainly, uh, you know, this has to be one of the more wide-open tournaments we've had in a long time because there really is not a consensus number one team. You know, you look at, you know, Louisville, no. Kansas, um, you know, Gonzaga, Indiana, all those teams have been number one at some point this season. So, you know, you can make a case for, for any of those teams or, you know, a lot of those number two seeds are even lower. You know, Miami, we won't mention Miami before. You know, you mentioned, we mentioned, you know, St. Louis is a team that could really make, make a really strong run at this tournament. Um, there's, there's, you know, Georgetown. There's a lot of teams that can really stick a claim to, you know, they've got a shot to win this tournament. So I, I think, I think this year, more so than other years, that, that, that's, that makes it even more interesting and more exciting. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, you know, it, it's just, uh, if ever there was a year where, you know, someone could crash the party, a lower seed, it would seem to be this year. And, uh, a la, you know, George Mason a few years back with Jim Laranega as the coach and, you know, then later followed by Butler. I'll tell you, I mean, if you had to pick the one team yesterday who looked better than anybody else, like the team that played the best in the 16 games yesterday, clearly it was VCU and Shaka Smart. I mean, they were beyond dominant. I think at one time their lead was something like 30, 40 points in that game. It was just uh, incredible. So, you know, them getting to the Final Four like they did a couple years ago wouldn't be a shocker. But, uh, but you, you know... They could make some noise. Shaka Smart's really, uh, you, you know, he, he, he was a hot coaching commodity when they did make the Final Four, passed on some great job offers, decided to stay in Richmond, and uh, he, he still got that program humming big time. Yeah, and there's a lot of other teams, too. I mean, you know, Syracuse. I mean, I think they won their yes. team at 81-34 to yesterday, you know, obviously outclassing uh, their competition. But, uh, you know, there's, there are a lot of teams that can really – really make a long run, and as we get further and further into the tournament, I mean, you know, after today, half the teams will be eliminated, so, you know, you, you get down the 32 teams real quick, and, uh, you know, it goes it goes very quickly, so, you know, I, I think the further along we go, you know, we'll get a, a clearer picture of you know, the teams that are still around, you know, there'll be more upsets today, I'm sure, and, and throughout the tournament, so uh, we just have to kind of wait and see what happens, but it's, yeah, it's, it's always a... It's always a uh, always a fun time in March watching the NCAA tournament. Oh, it really, there's just nothing like it. I mean, these two days. I know people who go out to Las Vegas for this weekend from Boston. Oh, sure. Uh, you, you know, I mean, no secret there. But I, uh, you know, know people who've been doing it for years, and you know, obviously, it's pretty much you know, twelve straight hours of basketball yesterday, today, and uh, you know. There's just nothing like it, and then the weekend is great as well. So, uh, yeah, yeah, it's just, again, it's unbelievably compelling. And, uh, you know, there's just, again, uh, nothing quite like it. Uh, you and I have waited uh, what feels like breathlessly for the last couple of weeks. I mean, it just felt like the season was never going to end with regular season, which you and I have both agree that we're not big fans of, and then the conference championships and all that, which are a little better, 
but nothing like this. Nothing compares with, you know, the tournament getting underway. And, yeah, you know, I like the new, new format with, uh, it started last year, but basically with, you know, four, four networks carrying it, you know, all under the umbrella of, you know, with CBS, but True TV, I never thought I'd get to know True TV as well as I do. And by the way, just as an update, uh, Duke is up 14 over Albany and Ole Miss and their, uh, flamboyant guard, Ma- Marshall Henderson. They're down, uh, they're down a little bit, five or six points to Wisconsin at the half. Um, Marshall Henderson needs to, you know, he, he's fun to watch with his antics on the court. So he, he has one half now to, uh, to kind of deliver, uh, with his big personality by, uh, by having a big game. It's just that simple, big second half. Well, since I picked them in my bracket, I hope they do well. <laughs> Ole Miss? I hope they do. Me too. I, 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 I'm riding along with them myself. You know, when I saw them beat Florida in the SEC final, I was like, okay, okay, uh, they're for real. And uh, so, yeah, again, they've got a half. And, you know, they're playing Wisconsin, who I had the pleasure of covering last year at the Eastern Regional, which was held here in Boston. And, uh, you know, Bo Ryan does a great job. They're a great team. And uh, so, yeah, yeah, that's going to be very interesting to watch, to say the least. And uh, so with that said, Barry, why don't we take a break and we uh, have to get – Get to the other big story in the world of basketball, that being the Miami Heat on the other side. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Every Wednesday, you'll want to talk sports with touchdown Tony Collins and his co-host Bill Mattis. Tony's broken records and has been to the Pro Bowl and the Super Bowl. We'll talk about what's happening in sports every week with news, action, and notable guests from all aspects of the sports world. We'll also involve you by discussing questions and topics of interest sent in via email from listeners all over the world. Become what you believe. Tune into Sports Talk with Touchdown Tony Collins, Wednesdays at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Sports. This week on The Revolution with Jim and Trav, that's presented to you by Outdoor Channel. On this week's program, we'll have Tim Brandt with Federal Ammunition and Mark Gurney with Ruger. Yeah, plus Jimbo will have outdoor writer Jay Guthrie. Who's he with, by the way? Hey, Guns and Ammo. Yeah, and uh, Sean Carlock uh, with Defensive Edge. When we talk about the pros and cons of long-distance shooting and hunting. Because Jimbo and I suck at it. It's all brought to you by Outdoor Channel plus Ram Trucks. Wednesdays at 1 Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. And back on the line with us is Barry Rubenstein and... Before we get started with this segment, I just want to say my pick of the weekend for appointment viewing is no surprise. March Madness all weekend long. And sticking with basketball, uh, the other big story, of course, is the Miami Heat's amazing winning streak. And, uh, Barry, I watched every second of that Celtic Heat game on Monday from the Boston Garden. It was compelling theater. Jeff Green was amazing with, I think, 46 points. 
But for me, you know, I watched with mixed emotions. I mean, I, I wanted to see the Celtics win and break the streak. I live here in Boston. But in the same light, I, like you, I believe, you know, I, I love witnessing history and going along for the ride. So the ride continues, uh, you know, for now. And Cavs pulled out that game. LeBron James was amazing. Game-winning shot. Took over the last few minutes of the fourth quarter. And then he did uh, pretty much the same thing in Cleveland, his hometown area. Uh, the other night when they were down 27. So, uh, wow. The, the Heat are going for it. There's no question, obviously. Well, yeah, it's a great story. And, you know, I think when it comes right down to it, you know, if, 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 if your team isn't directly involved in this, I mean, why, you know, why, why not see it broken? I mean, I think everybody wants to see history. And I think everybody wants to see greatness. And I think everybody wants to see something that you, that you don't see every day. I mean, we haven't seen this kind of, uh, you know, this, this kind of run in 40 years. So it's, it's, this is not something that happens every day. And I think if you can kind of appreciate that and kind of, you know, look at it for what it is, you know, it, 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 it's really amazing. I mean, you know, when, when I, I saw an interview with uh, with Jerry West, and he's saying, you know, he's, you know, of course, Jerry West played for that great Lakers team in 71, 72 that holds that record um, for winning 33 straight games. Jerry West was like, yeah, I'd love to see the Heat break it. I love LeBron James. I love what they're doing. And it would be great. It would be great for the game. And I think it is great for the game because it gets people really talking about it. You know, you're not talking about, you know, the dog days of the NBA schedule leading up to the playoffs. You're talking about possibly seeing history here. And I think there's a good chance of them of them to do it. Everyone seems to say the same thing. Yeah, if any team can do it, it's, it's these guys. And, you know, again, like we mentioned last week, you have a guy like Pat Riley who's on both sides of the equation, right? I mean, he played for that Lakers team that set the record, and now he's the president of, of the Heat, the guy that put this team together that is challenging that record. So it's, uh, it, it, it's an interesting dynamic, and, and, there's, and, and I, think it's, 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 I think it's great to see. I think it's great for the game, and it, and it, and it makes it that much more interesting. You know, as part of the regular season that might be, you know, Instead of just playing out the string range for the playoffs, you have something really compelling involving a top team, which you normally don't see. Usually, the compelling stuff is at the bottom of the is at the bottom of the bracket. You know, teams fighting to get into the playoffs, but now you have a team looking to do something really special that hasn't been done in four years, and, and I think it's terrific. And the other thing too is that you know, every the closer they get, each game they win to extend the streak, it gets more and more pressure on them, and that makes each game bigger. Right, I mean, he makes yes. He makes the opposition that much more uh, gives them that much more uh, impetus to try to beat the Heat, to try to be the one to snap that rec, to snap that run, snap that winning streak. And so far, it hasn't happened. So, but I imagine that we'll see it. You know, we'll see that continue as it as, as it goes on, if it goes on, and I think it will. Yes. Well, I was a kid, uh, hoop crazed gym rat kid. When uh, the Lakers ran off 33 straight, I remember it like it was yesterday. My friends and I were totally, totally into it. I mean, we lived near Pittsburgh, so there was no NBA team there. And we were just, again, all in. And that was just a gigantic story in its day. And, you know, nowadays with all the more media and outlets out there, it's going to be that much bigger. Big night shaping up is obviously... uh, what I think would be win number 30 in a row if they get there, and that it's a Sunday night game against the San Antonio Spurs on the assumption that an ABC or ESPN or TNT or somebody picks it up. That's the night. That's the night that everybody's going to be zeroed in on if they get there. And, uh, wow, that will be uh, a mega game, put it mildly. Yeah, I mean, you could target that, but, you know, at the same time, you know, who knows? You know, you got the, 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 the um, Heat are playing the Pistons tonight. I mean, you know, you wouldn't look at that as a game, as a potential game where it could end, but you, you never know. I mean, that's, you, you just, that's why you play the games. You just, if, you know, if we knew everything that, that, that were going to happen, then we would, there'd be no need to even play the games or watch them. These were just figured out on paper. Say, okay, this team's going to be that team, and that team's going to be this team on that night. And that team's coming off a tough loss, so they're going to win that game. You, know, you, you, can, you, can, you can do that all you want, but bottom line is, you know, every game is played, and, you know, there's, there's a chance for anything to happen on any night. You know, they always say on any given Sunday uh, in the NFL, the 
time. I think it's any given day period, you know, for, for the other sports. So that's why you have to play, and that's why, you know, we, we watch, and that's why we love sports, because you never know when that game is going to happen. You never know when that, that big effort is going to come from a team that you expect it from. You know, before we talk about upsets in the NCAA tournament, you know, there's upsets in, 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 in every league, in every sport, all the time. So uh, that's why you got to play them out. Absolutely, Barry, and uh, it's now must-see TV, needless to say, and uh, you mentioned the NFL, so as we're under two minutes here to the end of the show, the NFL owners' meetings were the annual meeting, I should call it, with all the owners, coaches, everybody who's anybody in the NFL, all the decision-makers were in Phoenix this week. And for me, uh, you know, as we bid farewell on the show, I want to bid a fond farewell to the tuck roll. I was in snowy Foxborough Field that night, uh, the old stadium, the tuck roll, Tom Brady fumbled pretty much right in front of me. My seats are around the goal line. He was out around the 25, 30, whenever. And uh, when Woodson hit him, and that's it. It may be the greatest sports moment I've ever seen to this day, Walt Coleman's call uh, of, quote, the quarterback's arm was moving forward. I'll never forget it as long as I live. The cheer from the crowd, despite being muffled, if you will, by all the snow and gloves and everything that was going on that night with weather. But it's a moment I'll never forget. It may be the greatest sports event I've ever seen, and it may be the tuck roll call, may be the greatest sports moment, which, of course, came immediately following what was potentially one of the low sports moments, Brady's fumbling. So I had to mention that, Barry. Yeah, and you know, it certainly eliminates some... some uh some confusion. I don't think the Tuck Roll is ever real popular. I mean, it's no. obviously very, very popular for the Patriots that year, but I, I think that's one of those rules that, yeah, they revisited and they realized, you know what, let's, let's, let's change this up. And, you know, there's always going to be the rule changes, and, you know, uh, a lot of them are, are to try to protect, uh, protect the players. I mean, safety is such a huge issue, as we've talked about many times. So, um, you know, anything that can help clarify, you know, the state of the quarterback or the state of, of, of the running back, you know, within reason, of course, um, you know, it's something that's really, really kind of, kind of hard to argue with. Yes, well, you know, we can all agree on one thing. Uh, no one had ever heard of the tuck roll before that moment, and, you know, there was a game earlier that year where Vinny Testaverde, uh, the tuck roll was invoked, and it was a regular season game, and I always remember that Vinny Testaverde was the player It was called in his favor, looked a lot like the Brady play, but, you know. That one came and went without anybody noticing, but the entire world noticed that night in Foxborough. And, uh, again, a fond farewell to the tuck rule. Uh, in a way, I'm almost glad to see it go since I always thought it was a bogus rule. But, you know, now that play will live on forever. It will never be superseded by a more dramatic tuck rule. I'll put it that way. So, uh, so I'm glad. I'm glad it will always now remain in its place in history. It is now secure. And Barry, I want to thank you again for another great show. Uh, enjoy your perspective as always. Thanks, John. Thanks for having me. Okay, and uh, as always, thank you for listening to All Around Sports, Voice America listeners, and we look forward to doing it all again next Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Thanks again for tuning in to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week.